We're going to start recording, and I get that. But in a minute, or 10, or 30, I'm going to suddenly remember what I pulled up my phone for. Welcome I'm to episode 77 of Off the Crossbar, Ray Ray Salt Lake podcast. Trevor is busy drinking coffee and threatening to look things up, <laughs> where the rest of us just look things up all the time anyway. Yeah, we don't have to do grandstanding about it. The problem is, I, I have ADHD, so I start doing something, and then I get distracted, and then I forget. But I know that I was doing something. I so yeah, I, I'm also an ADHD guy. I was I was diagnosed like I, can't, I think I was probably fifth, 14 or 15. It was kind of a late one, but I was diagnosed with not hyperactive but hyperimpulsive disorder, which is oh. kind of I don't know about that one. Yeah, it was. It's. I mean that I don't know anything about it. Not that like I'm doubting that it's I'm a not, thing because I never had like I was never like a hyperactive child. I just mm. do a lot of stupid things. I think. Mm. I don't, th- but like, I, 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 the, there's a lot of stuff in my day to day that I'm like wondering if it's normal human behavior or if it's like ADHD brain. But like, r- the most annoying thing really is misplacing things. Like, I am so bad at it to the point where it like makes me act actually angry at myself. Yeah, you know? I don't think that's like too unusual. I don't think it is either. And I was like, like, it seems like that's not like an actual. It's probably somewhat related, but I feel like that's the thing that a lot of people have that aren't diagnosed with ADHD or don't have it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'm guessing here. I don't know. (sighs) Some things that are like that, but not like that specifically. Yeah. I'm a big misplacer of things for whatever reason, specifically like my keys and my phone, just Mm -hmm. decades of this going on and I still can't get it right. But, you know. Do you have an Apple watch? You can just ding it repeatedly. I don't, but I... (laughs) should i yeah i mean an apple watch time is for me to ding an expensive phone finder so yeah i Which had one for like a week some uh-huh. guys that i worked with like pressured me into buying pressured me into buying one for whatever reason um and then i was like oh yeah this is really cool and then i like didn't use it but you know what they say though uh if anyone's pressuring you to do something they're not really your friend kyle <laughs> They were not my friends. It was like, I can't remember how long. And so I sold it for like the same price I bought it up on KSL. So that's pretty good then. Maybe I I can't remember. I was also really scared to to damage it. So like, and they didn't have like screen protectors for that model yet or something. And I was very scared to wear it. And so it was like a whole thing. But yeah, I think they've come a long way in, in screen protection since then, thankfully. Thank goodness. I used to break my screen all the time on my phone, and I haven't broken it the last like three models I've had. So nice. I, I haven't stopped dropping it either. So that's that's very good. I did finally get the new iPhone 13. Oh, and it's nice. very it's very slick. Yeah, you have like, a case on it. Doesn't look like you have a case on it. No, not yet. I got so <laughs> I the other day I, I'm on the Apple upgrade plan. I've just been putting off getting like the new phone for whatever reason. And I finally did the other day and it said, cool, thanks for ordering. Your phone will be here in like February 15th or whatever. And I was like, yeah. sweet. No worries. That's fine. Not in any yeah. hurry. Okay. And, th- and I, it, like this is like 5 p.m. on like a Tuesday, last Tuesday, Thursday. I don't know. Someday last week. And then all of a sudden I get an email that says your order is shipped and it's going to be there tomorrow. So <laughs> then I got wow. it the next day. It was incredible. It was like that the only, was... usually everything has just been like extremely delayed. So I was, you know, it's nice to win one. 
And so. they found your house, it sounds like. Yes. So I guess I can do social hour. Yeah, let's I do can it. start. But I, yeah, so I had a lot of problems with, I, I moved into a new house and it's on a new street too. And I had a lot of problems with uh, delivery couriers uh, finding my house. They liked to say it wasn't real, that I was living in a made up fairy tale land and that I was the insane. House, right? Yeah, they said clearly your house has flown away. We don't deliver that high, and um, so I was like, "This is this is ridiculous." So I successfully got my address added to Apple Maps by doing some light reconnaissance work with my camera phone and my street signs, mm. and then uh, started do, trying to get it on Google, who has like higher, uh, I don't want to say standards, but they like they're more like rigid process for adding stuff i think because i think a lot of people use the google maps api and so and i don't think anyone uses the apple maps api so yeah. uh, they it was they like all these people that like review everything so it took me a while but after talking with google about it for um about an hour or so i eventually got my address and my neighbor's addresses all added to google to google maps and so ever since then we're all good this is really good neighbor activity of you. Yeah, no one even no friendly. one. Ex, uh, well, one of my best friends, he lives two doors down from me, but no. So I told him that I was doing that, but none none of my other neighbors know that I was up to some real good activity that should, is going to benefit them. You should post it on nextdoor.com. Uh, they're too busy like doing other stuff. <laughs> they're too busy arguing about vaccines or getting mad at kids walking on the ice at Daybreak Lake. Um, so print print up some flyers and post them around town i think everybody face, likes yeah. that i yeah people That's a good activity people love have that. you seen this man he got your address on google maps for you <laughs> and just yeah. put your phone number at the bottom with some tearaway things it's like text him and thank him that yeah. that's a great idea make make me some gluten-free dairy-free snacks that would be yeah. great. I'd even just take like some vegetables and hummus. That sounds good. I feel like I've been eating poorly ever since the holidays. Do you know any police sketch artists? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> or some courtroom sketch artists. Oh, that would be also really good. Oh, if if any of our listeners are courtroom sketch artists, they should uh they should tweet at us and then <laughs> we can know. do like a a podcast like portrait of all of us. I would love that. Sitting around the table pretending we, we like we're commission it like this would be a pain yeah. Yeah. yeah we don't want you to just do it for free yeah I mean, we we'll do but. we'll pay you the uh rate that court or like journalists pay you because i'm pretty sure that like people that do that in courtrooms i'm pretty sure just go and do it and then try to sell their work to to like journalistic outlets. yeah yeah i know there's there's some of them are entered into court record right yeah it's weird yeah, i think oh. it's got like there's a certain I don't know the rules, but I think there's like a certain level of like crime or whatever that's committed that like it doesn't necessitate a sketch artist, but I think they have one for well, some of those or like some depends, jurisdictions. Yeah. And it, it also depends like on what the rules are about having like photography or cameras or anything like that in the courtroom. So like I'm, I'm measuring, I know I would know a little bit about this lately just because of the Glenn Maxwell trial. <laughs> <laughs> and Truanon's coverage of this because they would talked about like this whole thing. But yeah. anyway, um, yeah. Well, I know somebody we can ask. So while you guys are figuring everything else out, I'm going to ask somebody. Oh, oh I wonder yeah. who that is. Um, 
Judge Trevor. <laughs> Judge Trevor. Yeah. So anyway, um, let's see. I feel like I haven't talked to you guys in so long. I in two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, I've just been just been really chilling, trying not to get COVID because yeah. <laughs> um, everyone around me is getting COVID, but I don't think I've had it yet. Um, so yeah, just been like hanging, watching good movies, reading some books and working. My new job is going like super well and it's really fun and I'm like really enjoying it. And it's like concerningly enjoying it. And I'm like, I feel like I'm getting like tricked a little bit cause I'm like, I don't like dread working. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's cool. So that's good. And, uh, let's see this, this last weekend and this week is Sundance. So I had a friend um, who uh, I have a friend who has a bunch of or got a bunch of tickets and then another friend. Actually, these are the two friends I used to do cinema soulmates with. So uh, Connor had has all these Sundance tickets and then Graciela, she works for Sundance uh, every year, but she um, she lives in L.A. But she and so she came out to stay with her family for the holidays and was going to stay until Sundance. But then they switched everything to remote so she just works like remotely for sundance now um but yeah so she hooked up with a bunch of tickets we watched uh like eight movies over the weekends eight i think seven something like that um so that was nice and yeah other than that just been hanging out doing doing stuff i've been watching uh euphoria i've been watching righteous gemstones really loving this (laughs) season of righteous gemstones and uh oh i watched i told you guys about that archive 81 show um, yeah i've been watching it too yeah well yeah i like i was i thought it was like a, a limited series but i think that it's gonna be there's like another season or something is, does so. it is that based on like the ending yeah you're giving anything away you're, are you yeah i'm not giving anything away but ending? yeah based on the ending i'm like oh they're like doing they're gonna do more so okay um which is which is fine uh yeah anyway so uh, let's go. Who who who's next? Trevor, what's what's going on with you? Or Matt? Um, do you want to go next? No, Trevor can go. No, I can kind of tail off yours. Um, my kid decided that we're going to um start like watching shows and movies together. Nice. And so this weekend it was my weekend to choose something to watch, and so I chose True Grit. Um just to like introduce my kid to like Westerns and like modern Westerns and the Coen brothers, like all at the same time. Um, so anyway, we watched true grit and I remembered how much I absolutely love that movie. It's phenomenal. It's so good. Um, started watching archive 81 on, oh. I think I watched the first episode Thursday night and then I was like, Oh, I'm going to finish this this weekend. And then my kid came over and I was like, Oh, I can't finish <laughs> yeah, this this no. weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty, it's, it's pretty, pretty spooky at times yeah Yeah. so we're gonna watch it um probably this week and finish it because it was incredible it it looks really really interesting yeah Um, it's good are you you taking suggestions for to watch with your kid yeah sure give me Um, some suggestions if somebody has something to watch or what what do you think we should watch matt i think you should watch the shining that <laughs> did i tell you about that they yes. asked me okay yeah well, i think we talked the, about that on pod yeah probably. we did because my mom brought it up <laughs> yeah that's right um probably not gonna watch the shining mm, we did was. talk about watching saving private ryan but then i was like oh yeah you're 11 so yeah. probably not <clears throat> um you know what's funny so, about oh. that now 
I remember oh. when your child was a baby and you posting about your child on Twitter. And now I feel old. So oh, on Twitter I, too? Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Back That's crazy. Mid-2011. Oh, yeah. 2011 on was also when I got on Twitter. Um. I was I, one thing I forgot to mention. There's a really good movie that's out. I think it's on, it's on like a, a Apple or I don't know. I recommend people watch it. It's called Come On, Come On. Um, it's uh, with Joaquin Phoenix. And uh, it's just like, Matt, I feel like you you're like an uncle who like loves your uh, nieces and nephews. Because I, f- I feel like you have both, if yeah, I remember correctly. I do. Um, it's just, it's a very, it's like an Uncle Magic movie. It's very, it's very oh. awesome. It's very, very good. It's about this like Uncle Joaquin Phoenix who is taking care of his nephew while the um, the kid's mom is is dealing with stuff with her estranged husband um, who's just going through like a mental crisis. So uh, Joaquin Phoenix is like, it's about him and his nephew and it is just like, it was so good. It was like perfect. So I'll add it to uh, my uh, letterboxed. If you want a wholesome movie, that's yeah. like, it's very good. It's very, okay. very good. It's in black and white too. It's really pretty. Oh, nice. Did you guys ever watch the Joaquin Phoenix? Anytime this comes up, I got to ask. Did you guys ever watch the Joaquin Phoenix, um, like mockumentary thing he did? No. Where he was. Um, so it was like, he did it in real life for like two years. He did this project where he was changing his career he was going to become a rapper and he was going to release like a rap album or whatever under the name um i know about this vaguely don't even remember what it's called i don't i gotta look it up but it's anyway it's just like he did this in real life and just documented the whole thing and he did it with uh, i think it was casey affleck was like his is it i'm still here yes that's the one anyway it just like was just this huge project that was kind of a joke that he made into a movie that's right it's, it's incredible I, actually, I, can't, I have not seen that i should watch that i really 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 like joaquin phoenix a lot i think he's just I, this I, will I, make I you like guy. him a lot more nice I it's a that. very interesting project and prank he did for two years nice where he just never left character well anyway oh well. matt this is the last thing i was going to bring up um, mm. since we last met, I started playing Wordle. Oh yeah. And I know that you've started playing Wordle I have. and a lot of people have started playing Wordle. Yeah. And that's now either the last thing I do before I go to bed or the first thing I do when I wake up. What a way to start the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By solving a little word puzzle. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know anything about Wordle. To well, be honest. let's tell you about it. Is so, it, do you play on Twitter? No, no, it's a website. It's oh. a website you go to and the website refreshes every day at midnight and it has the same five letter word for everybody. So like it could very easily be spoiled, but it doesn't ever get spoiled, which I think is awesome. Yeah. But anyway, you go there and you just guess a five letter word and it will tell you if it's right or wrong or the letters are right or wrong um, just by color coding it. So if you get the raw, a letter that's in the word, but in the wrong spot, it makes it yellow. If you get a letter that is in the right spot in the word, then it's green. And if it's not in the word at all, it's black. And that's what all those, like you see them on Twitter, like the yeah. blocks of black and yellow and green. That's what all that means. Mm-hmm. So okay. anyway, you get six that's guesses cool. to get the word. And so what's the sense? Is, so it, like, are you just tweeting like 
letting people know that you're playing and how you're doing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So when nice. you tweet that thing, this is Wordle two, whatever, <laughs> four out of six. And then it has like the little block. That's your like guess that day. Gotcha. Just how it worked out. Today's word was really stupid. I'm really I, mad about today's word. I forgot what it was, but I'm going to pull it up, look at it. And well, I mean, we could probably actually talk about the yeah, word. Yeah, because it'll be. But maybe that's not interesting podcasting. Probably not. <laughs> that never okay. stopped us before, but. <laughs> no. No, I was just mad because I knew that it was a double letter word. Like mm. by my third guess, I was like, I'll bet this is a double letter word. And so every single guess was a double letter guess until I got to the fifth guess. And then I was like, all right, I just got to start eliminating letters and just picked like a completely different word that didn't have any letters just so I could get rid of a whole bunch. And then that's what gave me the final double letter that I was missing. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. You know, it, it reminds me a little bit. It's sort of like the signal of the start of Omicron is the rise of Wordle. Cause it felt like the, you know, <laughs> yeah. at the start of, oh, of right. you know, the original pandemic variant. I don't know. Non-variant? What do you call the it? The beginning of the alpha of the, alpha, the first, yeah. yeah. I mean, we all like picked up new hobbies and we're like, oh, we're going to... We all played Among Us. Yeah, it's going to be so great. We're going to stay at home for a couple of weeks and focus on ourselves and then get back to normal. And learn how to make sourdough bread. Yeah. That's right. And then we'll get back to work. And uh, yeah, here we are again. And half of that story came true. <laughs> Can you believe it's been almost two years since that? I mean, no, but yes. Yeah, it's wow. really. It's, it's been quite a journey on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I was thinking about that. Like, I, I was actually thinking about this because of "Come On, Come On," and you'll, I guess, if if you or anyone that's listening watches it, will understand why. Um, but he does like. Uh, it's like half documentary, and because like the job that he's doing, he works for like uh like a national radio station and he interviews like kids um about like just like their thoughts on the world and I, he's actually interviewing real kids uh and asking them questions and like getting their thoughts about things like what do you think about the future like what what brings you hope about the future what what worries you that kind of thing um but it he also like is doing some kind of like audio journaling and i was just thinking i was like man like that's a really cool idea then i was like oh I literally do like podcasts with my friends and uh, there's like yeah. a kind of a form of that. And so I was like thinking it back about like these last two years in particular being like, oh man, I'm glad a lot of our thoughts are just kind of documented on there, even though like that's, it, it's kind of stupid, but like that's, I'm glad we do like a long social hour for that yeah. reason. <laughs> so we can, I'm like, if I wanted to go back and listen to like what we were doing at like a certain time, I'm usually talking about it on here. So yeah. And, you know, part of, I think, the value of journaling is not just, like, being able to go back and, and reread or re-listen. Yeah. But, like, the act of journaling, I think, probably has some value. I think so, too. Yeah. Anyway. Matt, what's been going on with you? Uh, I've been playing Wordle. Nice. Uh, I've been watching Archive 81. Nice. I saw the Archive, or uh, o- Archive, Ozark, season four is out. Oh. I have not yeah. watched it. Wait, it's um, like the first half of season four, right? Uh, like they're doing well, season Yeah, so somebody explain that to me because I saw somebody get mad that there wasn't season four part two and I thought season four was like the end of it. I'm, pre- well, I'm pretty sure they're doing, this is the last season, right? But they dividing, they're dividing into two, kind of like they did with Sopranos and Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, <sighs> okay. Yeah, uh, I've been watching Succession slowly, but I'm, I'm working my way through it. 
It's so uh, good. And then Saturday, we decided we were going to completely rearrange our two front rooms. So we've got a, a big front room with you know the table, and uh, that's where Jenny's office was. Uh, and then we had a TV room that had you know bookshelves. Uh, but we decided it made a lot more sense for that to be an office, like a library slash office situation. Yeah. And then we put the TV in the front room, and it's actually a lot nicer. Ooh, it just feels ex- much more open. I'm excited to come see at some point. Yeah. Sounds great. Lovely. Other than that, uh, a new trailer for Star Trek Picard dropped, and uh, I watched it like five times. The last time was in uh, at 0.25x speed. Um, <laughs> so I took like 15 minutes of my life <laughs> pausing on like frames at a quarter speed. It was, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. I haven't changed. No, that's that's a that's a very mad thing. That's great. I love <laughs> yeah. that. Speaking of, um, wait, is Succession on HBO or Apple TV? It's HBO. Yeah. HBO. Okay. There was, um, I guess, there's a thing with HBO right now where they're offering it for like eight bucks a month instead of whatever they usually charge, like fourteen or whatever. Yeah. So I was gonna hop on that, and then Apple TV also right now. <laughs> it might just be through my TV some promotion to make me download it through the smart tv but they'll give me three months free if i sign up before february 20th Ooh, so i nice. might actually watch ted lasso you should or whatever else is on there it's Our friend ty has been watching ted lasso and actually said it was like really heartwarming he's yeah. very surprised but that's what surprised happens with that... android people they just have these cold red <laughs> hearts i don't know surprised that it was a heartwarming show or that ty the heartwarming part <laughs> yeah he is surprised <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. What a guy. All, All right. right. Should we get to the RSL stuff? Yeah, we got plenty of it. So let's do it. All right. So uh, first up uh, is social hour. Oh, second, I guess. Okay. Uh, uh, Kyle, what have you been up to? <laughs> uh, second so. is that we, uh, we, we think we might have neglect, neglected to mention that Dwayne Wade is part of the ownership group of Real Salt Lake last episode. Yeah, I think it was like unclear, I guess, but it's part, it's like Ryan Smith, the, his portion of the ownership, like is his like Smith and inter, Smith's entertainment or whatever. I don't Smith know. Entertainment, entertainment group. Yeah. Yeah. That seg says. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, it's kind of like people were when, when Dwayne Wade became like an owner of the jazz, I think people like kind of in jest sort of we're just like tweeting like oh you should buy real so like two with ryan smith because like he's a soccer fan i think like kind of mm. as much as like well actually not as much as basketball fans can be soccer fans because there's like people who are like um like i think kobe was like actually like a soccer fan like a actual soccer he's fan he's a big soccer fan yeah yeah but like and like there were probably a lot of like european dudes who are actual like soccer fans too but um and like LeBron is a part owner in Liverpool, but like I think he's shown like no interest in soccer like at all outside of that. He's, he's worn the shirt a couple times, but yeah. And like this one time, like this was during the Brendan Rodgers era, and it sucked. Uh, that era sucks so bad. But they they brought LeBron to Anfield and uh, and like they did a bunch of like video content with him, and they it was so corny. So he played for the Heat at the time. I think. And, uh, it was really funny cause they asked him a question about like, 
what team in the NBA is like most like Liverpool. And so of course he oh, just no. says like the heat. And then he had to like give this explanation as to why I was like, dude, Liverpool is bad right now. <laughs> like they're, <laughs> we're, this is just really bad anyway. So I like Dwayne Wade. <clears throat> I've like, I've seen him. I think like there's been pictures of him like at national team games. And I've, I seem to remember like him with a national team Jersey, which I haven't seen from many other players. So I, I think it's, I mean, it's just kind of funny that he's like a part owner, I guess. I mean, clearly like a very, very, very minority stake in this whole thing. But um, yeah, that's just kind of funny. Like if you like, it's, it's kind of like uh, stupid to say, but like if if you had told me like four years ago that the Qualtrics guy and Dwayne Wade would be owners of Real Salt Lake, I'd be like, what is going on? Like, why? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So, you know, just weird that Dwayne Wade is becoming like a Utah staple of sorts. But welcome to the 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 riot, Dwayne. Or whatever we happen to name the stadium next, I guess. I mean, it's it's still gonna be called I don't well, what's gonna happen well, with that? We, it's gotta, gotta be riot, affectionately right? called the riot. Right. Like it was cute because it was Rio Tinto. Like I swear we've talked about this before, but like it, it was yeah. cute that it's Rio Tinto and like that shortens to riot, but also Rio at the same T. time, like yeah. we could just call it the riot and nobody's gonna get mad about it if it's sponsored by Ancestry or Zion's Bank or you know, whatever. Yeah. Whoever comes in and decides to name it, we can still call it the riot. There's nothing yeah. wrong with a nickname. I think so too. And we put it in a song that we sing <laughs> constantly. So like it's the only song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I don't think there's anything wrong with just calling it the riot. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So yeah. Uh, shout out to Dwayne Wade, I guess. All right. Next up, we've got Jordan Allen. He's been named the head coach of Real Salt Lake's under 17s. So welcome back to Utah, I guess. I love it. I love. Does it go by Jay Allen now? He is now. Uh, that's what his Twitter what and his, Instagram were. I, thought, I, yeah. I didn't listen to that interview yet with with Trey. Um, oh, yeah, I knew but that. anyway, Jordan slash Jay, um, very stoked that he's back. Like I, like one of one of my favorite RSL players who like played so like little. Yeah. Based on what I really, th- I mean, he's a very talented player. He's like uh very uh could play a lot of different positions was deployed in a lot of different positions as well and uh yeah pretty pretty cool um i'm glad he's i'm glad he's here because yeah. i like him a lot he played 50 games for us which i i hadn't realized he, he played 2300 minutes yeah i was going to i was going to do a pop quiz see how many yeah. games you guys thought he played but 50. that sounds about right it was across like four seasons yeah, two Both seasons with yeah. actual minutes. Yeah. Two seasons with two games apiece and then two seasons of being injured. Just yeah, I'll, uh, I mean, you know, that goal against Toronto is very, that game winner against Toronto, I should say. Yeah. Very much still in my head. That was a, that was a, I liked that. Yeah. It was very nice. Anyway, so shout out to Jordan Allen. All right, next up, uh, We've got some departures to talk about and some incoming players. Uh, should we should we talk about this one? Didn't we already kind of go over 
I'm looking uh, at this graph. I feel oh. like the players that were gone, we already we didn't knew actually. That last time we we didn't even it, did we? officially talk about Albert Rusnak leaving. Yeah, no, so, because at the time we didn't know. But like the rest of these guys on this list, like, I know. I just was thinking oh, yeah. about that. Yeah, so Albert Rusnak is now officially a Seattle Sounders player. You probably know this by now. You probably have lots of thoughts. We probably don't need to focus on it too much, but uh, I don't yeah. know. Did, Trevor, do you care to talk about that at all? <laughs> um. I remember that I said I had thoughts and at this point, like, I don't remember what they are. They weren't valuable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was just being mad about the situation, but I think it was just Albert came at a weird time, was here at a weird time and his contract was up at a weird time. So yeah. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. I think that that says it pretty well. I, I, it, it, he, man, got a lot of like conflicting thoughts about Albert because I don't know. I, I I don't think we were ever, we never felt like he was playing to like the best of his ability. And we're like, no. I think we saw that he could be a really good player. I, I think he had the misfortune of playing underneath uh, who I and the club based on their firing patterns uh, feel like weren't like amazing coaches. Um, so like he had a lot of things up against him here, like the thing with Deloitte and then like the club, you know, made it clear that we were going to invest heavily in him and we get made him the most highest, the highest paid player in club history. And then then there was some just inconsistency with his play, but I, I don't know. I like, I I don't feel negatively towards him at all. Although seeing him go to Seattle kind of just sucks. Uh, because I really just don't like Seattle at all. Um, yeah, and there's so, been a lot of furor over the, uh, you know, the videos that Seattle produced and yeah, the he way said, he talked yeah. about Real Salt Lake. And well, okay, so let me ask you this: Was he talking about Real Salt Lake? Because I know a lot of people got really cheesed about some of the things like he said. Directly, yeah, everyone's always talking just, about us. Yeah, kind, <laughs> right. kind of by omission though, like. I feel like we're only seeing that because we're seeing it from a Real Salt Lake fan lens. Oh, yeah, of course. Everybody else is like, oh, he wants to play in front of a lot of fans and for a good team, which is what he said. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course you're going to say that when you come to a team like Seattle. Like, I think of course, the, the they played for 70,000 people and they're a good team. The one thing he said that struck me as kind of odd uh, that specifically referenced RSL was when he said that playing at Real Salt Lake prepared him to play for Port- for Portland. The Seattle Sounders, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's so well, so weird in a single entity league. That's a really yeah. weird thing really, for him right? to say in the context of when he like arrived earlier. He was always talking about how like he wanted to move on to something bigger and better. Like, yeah. like he was never going to be a lifer at RSL. No, no. He always, and he wasn't really shy about saying that RSL was kind of a stepping stone in his career. So it's weird that now he's saying. RSL prepared me for playing for uh, another team in MLS. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That, that, that is really lame. (laughs) And I, yeah, I agree with that completely. Like we, like if he said that, if he went to a Bundesliga team and he said that, or like a lower table, mid table premier league team and said that, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, of course. Right. To say that about like a team that like we just beat in the playoffs is really (laughs) stupid. Yeah. Like well, I, that is really dumb. I, and so, yeah. So I just, I don't know. I've got some, like, I got a lot of conflicting feelings about him, but I, 
I, I like the, the we don't need to rehash at all. It's just no. I just I I feel like he was always going to like kind of be set up to not be liked by a lot of people. Yeah, like I he, think so he too. was brought in as like the Javi Morales replacement. And like that's never going to work. No. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're you're not going to succeed in that role. And then yeah. he was always planning on leaving soon. So like. I don't know. I just think he doesn't get as much credit as he probably should have from RSL fans for like his contributions over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, his contributions over the years were like about what you would expect for like the player that you build your team around. Yeah. So he wasn't like lights out. He wasn't the greatest player we've ever seen. He might not have even been the top five all time RSL players. Are you but sure? he was like, I think there's a lot of people that hate him and it, look back on his time with rsl as like unsuccessful but like he was a good player for us yeah yeah so, and that production is going to be hard to, to it's uh, a big hole 10 and 11 right yeah yeah and 11 11 yeah i mean yeah anyway yeah that's that's as i i think one funny thing that came out was like him saying apparently uh, a big st- like sticking point is that he wanted a guarantee from RSL that he'd be playing centrally. Uh, which, which is a hilarious thing. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Um, but I mean, I, yeah, like I get, I guess. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be funny if he doesn't get that at Seattle, I guess. But they do, I don't know, like they have a different... Uh, They've got a GM and whatever Craig Weibel is and a coach that that work differently than what we've got here. So who knows? Yep. Uh, So the next on the list is Anderson Julio, uh, who uh, Elliot Fall has been pretty bullish on returning. Uh, It's probably worth pointing out that he was also extremely bullish on Albert Rusnak returning. Yeah. And uh, we saw how that worked out. Um, Anderson Julio is currently kind of in no man's land. Uh, rumors are that RSL wants to resign him. Uh, I'm seeing now that he, Pachuca said that, uh, there was never a negotiation with him. So who knows where he goes? Maybe he goes thought, back to the club he was on loan from. Yeah. I, I thought that I saw a rumor that he was just going to go on loan to another Liga MX team. That wouldn't surprise me. So. But we'll get into whether that's a loss or not uh, later on. It probably is in some sense. Um, well, I mean, he it is. A it's a hole that we need to fill. Yeah. Uh, so. We could put another 12-year-old there. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we did Speaking get of 12-year-olds. full confirmation that Jason Ramirez has officially left the club. So uh, I don't know if we needed a moment of silence or <laughs> like send him out with an ovation. <laughs> Poor but, guy. Goodbye, Jason. Yeah. That, I mean, you know. This is one that we've definitely hashed over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. And to be honest, not in the mood to rehash it. Oh, okay. That usually makes me want to do it more, but this time I'm with you, so. All right. So so, Jason Ramirez is gone. We have another DP spot open. Yep. Moving Uh, forward. So some incoming players confirmed. Uh, Justin Miram confirmed returning to the club. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. 
<laughs> so, so on a similar note, uh, Tate Schmidt is cool. confirmed as returning to the club too. Um, oh boy! After a half season loan to Phoenix Rising, I uh, thought it was a full season loan. Was it a full season? Maybe it was a full season. Didn't someone try to take you to task for calling him a defender, or was yeah. that someone else? Yeah, he's played left back for the last three years of his career. Uh, so it was very funny that somebody was. The club also calls him a defender. Yeah, yeah, like they have him listed as a defender on the roster. Like, yeah, You're like not calling Donny Toy a defender because he used to play forward. Yeah, did Donny Toy play forward? Yeah. yeah, he came out of the academy playing forward. Oh, okay. And then I believe, never played. But him that was it. like nine years ago. So Gene Alexander got starts at forward ahead of Donny Toy. So <laughs> <laughs> you know, tough. Yeah, that was that was such Speaking a fun of season. dark days at the club. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Everton Louise is unconfirmed as having returned from the club at least, uh, but has been reported by uh Spence Checkets is returning to the club, and then uh Trey retweeted it. So I mean it's it's like 80% confirmed by the club. Have we ever had somebody like a Spence come out and say, Hey, this is happening, like this player has signed, or or any news event, and then that not happened? Yeah, I mean, there was the Landon Donovan saga. But did that did it, was that one reported that. as like a done deal, or because all it the reporting went, I saw was that like we really want him and he's probably going to sign, but nothing's confirmed, and then he just like, like walked a away. Fifteen minute period where there okay. were reports that he had signed. I think that yeah, I mean, because it had been completely agreed upon by both the club and Landon Donovan, and then the league yeah. said no. So, oh really? I still okay. think that is that what happened? Probably going to try to pay him in real estate or something. Yeah, in like getting around the salary cap, because that sounds like a Deloy Hansen thing, right? Oh wait, we're talking about Landon Donovan, the player, not Landon Donovan, the coach. Yeah, sorry, oh, yeah. this is player, the player. Yeah, okay, all right. That was yeah. I was talking about the coach. Sorry, no, you're right. That's probably a good example. Well, I guess at this point, it's been three days since Spence Checkett said he has returned, and nobody's retracted that or contradicted oh, yeah, it or no. anything. So, no, it's going to happen. That is not confirmed yet. Yeah, not officially, but. Everton's probably back. Cool. Oh, uh, I didn't add this one to the list. I'll add it right now. Uh, Scott Caldwell. Is oh, a yeah, our free agent. Our dip into free agency. Our marquee signing. Yeah. And then uh, I'm writing it in the document now. Uh, we have two trialists that are notable. Uh, I had to remember their names. Is it Doniel? Is that his name? Daniel Henry and Edgar Castillo, former U.S. national team player and I think still current Canadian national team player. Yeah, he was called up today. Yeah. So uh, that he played Daniel was called up to Canada, just to be clear. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Edgar Castillo was a uh, U.S. men's international. And um, yeah, kind of an interesting player because he played uh, – he also was one of only three – U.S. men's national team players to ever represent both the United States and Mexico at the senior level. I don't know who the other two are. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. Landon Donovan and who? <laughs> no, it was freaking... Oh, no, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking... Did, um, did Hercules Jermaine Jones or no? did it, but with Germany. Germany. Did oh, okay. he, 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 oh, he represented uh, them at the senior level? I think he did it for like two games and then he switched. Fascinating. Yeah, I don't know who the other two uh, Mexican-Americans are. I'm really curious about that. Yeah. And I don't know because I found that I found it saying he's one of three, but I it didn't say who the other two were, which annoyed me. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. So I think he's he's 35, right? Yeah. He's old. That's confirmed. <laughs> he's older. I wonder, you know, it's interesting that we have got Scott Caldwell and then we got him trialing. And then supposedly that's also a position that we're looking at bringing in like a designated player potentially. So potentially, oh, yeah. he better not be our designated player. There's no way Edgar no, Castillo. That'd, like, <laughs> that'd be insanity. Uh, yeah. So Castillo plays left back, right? And it yeah. is a position of some need. Oh, I, I, oh, I was, for some reason I was thinking he was a defensive midfielder. Oh, no, I, I no like he's, He's played left back for several years. For some reason, I was, did he play that for the men's national team? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. I swear he played defensive oh, midfielder for the men's national team. But. Um, stats. He, oh, no, I was wrong. I was going to say he was at Colorado Rapids at the same time that Pablo was, but that is not true. Uh, he was at Colorado in 2018 and Pablo left in 2017. Ah. but yeah I, th- uh, I thought that was the connection i thought that might have been why he got brought in but nope looks like he just got cut from the worst team in the league so yeah that's the only reason so uh there's our left back solution there uh which is great <laughs> i'd be surprised um, if he you know i'd be surprised point, i wouldn't be surprised by anything with this roster um and it, maybe we should get to this uh sooner rather than later but uh it's coming up soon um, all right. Next up, we signed a bunch of children. <laughs> Literal, like, and legal children. Like, yeah. Non adults. Uh, so the list is Jude Wellings, a midfielder. He's what, 17, 16? And apparently uh, he's really good. I don't know anything about him, but a lot of people are stoked about this kid. Yeah. yeah I don't have the mental well being enough to watch children play soccer for some reason. I don't either. I Maybe don't if I pretend had a child to be an expert. Soccer, that'd be cool. Uh, Julio Benitez, another kid, uh, played for <laughs> Monarchs last year. Uh, Gavin Beavers, goalkeeper, played for Real Monarchs last year. Kind of a lot, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it Jaziel or Haziel Orozco? I think it's Haziel Orozco. Uh, center back, played with us in preseason last year. Uh, so not, not a terribly surprising move, I think. And... He's another one that a lot of people are really high on. Yeah. They think he could be, um, like, if he gets time and if he doesn't screw it up, like, he could be a starter by the end of the season. Yeah. Is what we'll I've see. heard. Uh, he's not the tallest, but maybe he grew from last preseason. Because well, we're he's still, he's still a child, children. so <laughs> he could still be growing. Uh, and then, uh, finally, the big one everyone's been talking about, Axel Kai. Uh Center forward, it's like seven foot eight or something. And he <laughs> yeah, he was the one that. Old. Yeah, he was the one that made a lot of national headlines for being the youngest professional athlete in a professional game. Is that right in America? Yeah, something like that. And I was the youngest professional athlete to sign a pro contract. So, yeah, Good beating Freddie Adu's record. Yep. So and, uh, hopefully that's good. And he also sent a bunch of people into kind of like some existential crises because he had no idea who Freddie Adu was. Yeah. Wait, he didn't? Correct. Until <laughs> yeah. he learned that he broke his record. That is so good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Freddie oh, Adu was a so legendary happy. player, right? He was an interesting player because he was so young. No, so he's, he's, he's a legend. Like, well, and to, I mean, and he was like, like thought, doesn't have any clue who he is, but he's a yeah. legend in his own and, right. And like thought to be, 
it, that is so weird. Like that type of person who, who is like literally thought to be like the next Pele <laughs> supposedly. <Yeah. laughs> and it's hard to like judge what that really looked like at the time because that was so long ago. Yeah. But he, I mean, he was like a phenom. And so like, it's weird that someone who it, it, it would be like if LeBron James just completely flamed out like very quickly and then like no one who was playing basketball now like knew who he was but still he had all that same hype he had when he was 15 and 16 sports illustrated and all that yeah as a 16 year old like being said like he's the chosen one like he's the next michael jordan like if he had just like flamed out or like if he had gotten injuries or something like all that had just would just be like washed away to history it was like i can't think of any other comparison like with freddie adu like it's so interesting like he was yeah. like commercials, like it was it was everything. And I endorsement deals. Yeah. And then he was just so like just, you know, I don't I honestly don't know what happened other than just like you know. Turns out so, that, that much hype isn't good for a kid, right? No, yeah. and this this is I mean, without getting into this again, this is my problem with signing a 14-year-old is like it puts all that on him. He's got like features in the athletic, he's got features all over the place, and now he's broken Freddie Adu's record and like he probably doesn't pay for an athletic subscription at least. <laughs> no, but he they interviewed him. Like yeah. he anytime he touches a field, it's gonna be like national news, maybe international news, because well, he's yeah. playing like as soon as he scores his first goal, it's gonna be international news because he's gonna break a record. And it's just like I I'm I don't know anything about the kid, but I feel like a 14 year old probably can't handle that very well. I just hope that he's I don't want to like babied, but I hope he's babied and handled with kids' gloves the whole way. Because yeah, this at is least just a yeah. recipe for failure. At least the hype, at least for him, it's not necessarily hype of him being like this incredible prodigy player. I think. I mean, I know he's like supposed to be pretty good and is a good in a good prospect that like they're trying to lock him down at this age. It is like a yeah. different type of hype. It's not like it's. It, yeah, I, I I get what you're saying though. Like it's certainly like being a professional athlete at that age. That's that is a lot of pressure for sure. Yeah. So and, pop quiz time again, real quick. When oh, was yeah. the last time that Freddie Adu played professional soccer? Ooh. I'm going to say 2020. I would say this is a trick question. It's going to be 2022. It's kind of a trick question, and I didn't really mean it to. Oh. So the last time he played, the last time he played a professional soccer game yeah. was 2018 with the Las oh, Vegas Lights. Man. Okay. What? He, he was on the he, lights? He, yeah, yeah, dude. Dude, Winalda and uh wait, yeah. is Eric Winalda the coach? No. I don't think wait, he is anymore. I thought he was, he was. right? Oh. He was at some point, but I don't think he is anymore. I was gonna say reunited two American he heroes. Was, so he was at the time. <laughs> Freddie Adu then signed with a Swedish team, Usterlin FF, in he 2020. Can't stay away from like but Sweden not play. And the Nordic countries. Dude, he no. Did you remember like where he had a brief spell with the union? Oh yeah, that was two years, right? That and, like, was there his was second most appearances for a single oh, club yeah. was with the Philadelphia Union. He had thirty five appearances, and there was like this one game where he was doing really well and like looked amazing, and he got two yellows. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I can't remember why he got the yellows, but anyway, oh that's amazing. And then he advertised vacuums. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That I love Freddie Adu. Yeah, he's he's uh, like a a real story, and I Is hope he someday like... he writes a book. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he will. Yeah, I know. Um, Grant Wald did a like a podcast series on oh, yeah, him yeah, yeah. recently called Prodigy. It's like a six episode thing where he interviewed Freddie and a whole bunch of people involved with Freddie, like being developed and signing a professional contract and like agents and stuff like that. Yeah, really cool. Kyle, to answer one of your questions, um, Martin Vasquez is another player that played for the U.S. and for Mexico. Oh, former really? Real Salt Lake okay. Academy. Yeah. Yeah. That is so weird. Do you know who the other one is? Uh, I've been trying to look for it. No, I don't. Did, it wasn't Hurt Gomez, right? He never played for Mexico? <sighs> All right. I'm just going to look him up and talk while I do it. I really like Hurt Gomez. Just yeah. the U.S. I don't think so. He's, I, I mean, he's Mexican though, right? Uh, he's American, LA, but I think born Mexican. Mexican American. Yeah, he's a, he's a Mexican American is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, but I mean, he was born in Los Angeles, so. Oh, okay. Oh, he was born in Oxnard, uh, home of David Ochoa. Yeah, that's right. Oxnard is also the home of Landon Donovan, if I'm not mistaken. What? He's not and, from Oxnard, uh, is he? Is that where San Dimas High no, School he's from, is? he's from Ontario. Yeah. It's another right. O sounding thing. I know Oxnard is featured in, uh, is it, oh, uh, Bill and Ted, right? Ooh, I think I, so. That's a blind spot for me. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't remember. All right. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, we signed a bunch of literal children. Nice. Uh, we already talked about Anderson Julio. Uh, preseason has started for Real Salt Lake. Cool. <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> it started uh, in... Uh, Tucson. Harriman? Tucson. Harriman. And now oh, it's yeah. in Harriman or Tucson. Yeah. Ah. They did like a week of like tests and media day and stuff. Yeah. And we'll see if any of the games in Tucson are streamed at this point. We don't know, which is funny because the first one's on Saturday. It, why is this a thing every single year? Because MLS is, uh, despite trying to be like a, a big league and trying to be prominent, uh, they can't figure out these little things that, that, they want to build like the small fans, right? Uh, but I yeah. think you've got to support your big fans to build the small fan base. The the less involved fan base, I guess, is probably a better term. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, that's weird. I, it, 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 it's like not the time. only team that has this problem. No, right? it's everyone in MLS, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So. The third player is Julian Arujo. Aru- Arujo. LA Galaxy player. Oh, okay. He has made one appearance for is the U.S. Arajo? and for Mexico. Oh, he he's like, wait, how Arajo, old is he now? They pronounce it. They pronounce it Arajo, and it makes me mad because I learned that Arujo, but that's probably the Portuguese pronunciation. Oh, because oh, if they do that play at BYU basketball. That's the one. Nice. <laughs> I got you. I got you pegged. I know. I know. I was like, mom, are BYU players allowed to have tattoos? Because I think he had like a big one on his arm. Yeah, he had uh-huh. like a half sleeve. Yeah. Um, Speaking of guys that flamed out. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Um, Yeah, I think, did he go? I think he might have gotten drafted and then I don't he know what happened. Drafted, and I think he, I'm looking it up right now. He, he got made drafted, like one appearance or something. And then I think he played for two different teams, made a couple of appearances and then went to Brazil and played professionally there for a few years. Nice. Um, 
uh, Julian Aru, uh, Julian or Julian Arujo, Arujo. I don't know how to say that. Uh, Arajo, is he? I think Arajo. How old is he? Oh, he's a child. Um, oh, yeah, he's, he's one of the young guys right now. He is twenty years old. Oh, he's the one that Wait. most recently made the switch. He was the one that like he made he switched one appearance, to Mexico, right? And then he switched to Mexico. Yeah, the other one switched to the United States yeah, from the Mexico. Other two came, came over here. Interesting. Okay. Well, that was in. Nice. August he switched and November he was included. Castillo is interesting one because he they changed like he did it when they changed the rules. So like it was like a new thing and he and uh, yeah anyway he made the switch then. Yeah. All right. So next up, uh, this one's an interesting one. So there are rumors floating around now that Real Salt like ownership wants to. Uh, exercise some of the control they have over other clubs as well which it's going to take me a while to get used to this Wait, uh, because it's so different from the way things used to be say that one more time what so so our ownership group chiefly david blitzer uh it sounds like we want to exercise like some sort of deals with clubs in that in that sphere of, of ownership uh, we'll see if anything comes of that. So we want to, you know, bring in designated players from those teams or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I completely misheard that. I missed and this half is the thing that, that you feel so about... passionately about, isn't it, Trevor? Do I? I, I, I said thought you said this was the thing that was going to make you really mad. Oh, oh wait, I can't remember. Do you remember I, said you... the, I said the last thing on the dock would make me really oh, mad. At the time, I thought this was the last thing. Okay, oh, okay. never mind. No, I do think it's. Um, interesting that like they've come in and been like this is the plan this is what we're gonna do but i don't think that's happened between any of their other teams yeah not so what makes you think that all of a sudden rsl is going to be the team that suddenly picks and chooses from all of the other teams yeah we're not going to sign like a good crystal palace player right no i don't know who's good at crystal palace is zaha still at crystal palace zaha's good oh uh, we yeah, need we, virtual we're not going to sign zaha we, i mean I no, like, we're, we're not going to take stars from crystal palace we're not going to take stars from augsburg like we're going to get if we get anybody it's going to be like guys that aren't seeing playing time yeah in the bundesliga or the premier league and like cool but that shouldn't be like where we're farming our dps from yeah and i'm i'm not convinced it's a good idea right no but and this is my point i don't think it's a thing that's going to happen because i feel like if it were to happen they would have already been sending some of those crystal palace players or augsburg players to that belgium team or some other team that he owned like these things would have already been happening. Yeah. And they haven't been. So I no, think it it's is. a fun story, but I would be surprised if it's a, like a linchpin of the organization moving forward. Yeah. And the other thing to consider here is that David Blitzer is not like sole owner of any of these clubs. He's yeah. in some cases, majority owner, in some cases, a partner in a majority ownership. In some cases, he's a minority owner, but has a controlling stake. Uh, so it's, it's all very confusing. And I, I think uh, putting our hope there is not, uh, I'll just say, yeah, let's not put our hope there. Maybe it'll work out, uh, but it would be a, a pleasant surprise for me. I think what would make most the most sense would just be to like coordinate and utilize like just a massive scouting network. Yeah. Like, cause I'm sure Augsburg and all those other teams like have academy systems and connections with scouts and, you know, all that stuff. And I think it would be, a lot easier to just lynch onto or latch onto that and use that scouting network 
for so if Augsburg identifies a player and then says, oh, they're maybe not a good signing for us, then refer it to RSL and maybe RSL can go pursue that player, you know? Like yeah. And I, scouting I like is a big like question mark I have for this club right now, also. <laughs> you do not have faith in Luke Maholland all on his own? Yeah, is he <laughs> Yeah, no. He's our, I, our head scout. I mean, good for Luke. But I guess. yeah, no, I, I don't. I, I, can we? OK, Here, here's the thing. If he's paired with someone who has experience in scouting, then that's one thing. But like this whole like somebody who played soccer just instantly knows what to look for in like a in a good player is ridiculous. I think that's a ridiculous notion. I like it's 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 I, I, I don't know, man. I like no offense to Luke. I just think it's like weird to not have like a somebody who's like an actual who's like done scouting underneath just like a, a seasoned scout like that people make their that out of their entire career and luke like i'm all for people players finding something for them uh, after their playing days and they should do that especially if they can find that in soccer that's great but they shouldn't be like the team's main scout right off the bat for some reason yeah, no, getting they, rid of your longtime scout who has done good things yeah. yeah but the other the other thing is again we're kind of making fun of Luke and it's not really Luke. Yeah. It's, it's not Luke at all. It's the organization. Teams have huge scouting departments. There are several yeah. teams in MLS that probably have five to 10 scouts that go scout all over the place and go watch kids at high school games or at college games locally. And like watch guys from overseas. We've got one guy that does this. Like we got one guy that does this and he takes somebody who can like speak like Spanish with them sometimes. So it's usually hummus and Olave or whatever. Like we'll go yeah, to it's, it's like, like just, that's not a scouting department. <laughs> that's what this team has been doing for the last several years under Deloitte. And I think that's one of the big things that's been holding this team back. Um, I mean, we've been talking about it for a while. We talked about it in that Andy Carroll meeting. Like yeah. they just been running lean. And I think we see the results is that it doesn't create a good team. It doesn't create a good work environment. Like get four or five scouts, yeah. get a bunch of, people in the graphics department get a bunch of people on the social team get a bunch of people in the pr department like just get more bodies there and scouting is the one department that i think would make the biggest difference to the product on the field obviously i think so too and just get more people there that's the like one thing that i'm like really hoping changes with this ownership group among a lot of other things but that's the one thing that will I think show that they're serious about it is if they fill out the organization with enough people to get the job done. Yeah. And your, your point about like not leveraging necessarily players from other teams, but like that type of thing, like scouting resource, like that's, that's something that would like, seems a lot more realistic than, uh, Wilfred Zaha or who else plays Benteke. Does Christian Benteke still play for them? I think so. That, Although I would take Christian Benteke. Yeah, oh, that'd yeah. be great. Um, I signed him once in FIFA playing for Real Salt Lake. I had to watch him be Liverpool happened. starting striker for like a year and it was a nightmare. Except for he scored this like the most ridiculous bicycle kick against Manchester United in a game that I think Liverpool lost. But anyway, um, yeah, just uh, that would be something I would lo- really like to see uh, this club leaning on but yeah you're right like it is 100 not about luke just about the fact that like our only scout is luke <laughs> it's really yeah. funny yeah and maybe and we're in a better position now to make changes there yeah 100 <laughs> anyway but one can hope yeah i just would love 
to see some investment there. And it sounded like from what we heard from Andy Williams, uh, he didn't have a lot of resources at his disposal, but he still made uh, the most out of what he could do, yeah. in my opinion. But um, Notably, though, alongside this, and this should have gone in the news section, is uh, we've signed John Spencer of the John Spencer Blues Explosion to be talent identification for Real Salt Lake Academy. Nice. Um, this although- is not... This is not the John Spencer that was in the West Wing, and it was also not the John Spencer that coached the Portland Timbers. Yeah, it's this John is a Spencer different John, John Spencer. Why have we Spencer had this conversation so many right? times? I just want to make that joke every time his name no, was brought up. No, well, why was the what <laughs> so was the this, last time we had this discussion about why, why did we? Okay, so this news dropped in September, and it, it was only just now made official. Yeah, why? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, okay. Because the organization's been running on fumes for the last two years. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because uh, we did talk about it when that happened, right? Yeah, I uh, think probably, so. Because yeah. we had this. Ex- oh, unless I'm having like weird deja vu right now, I swear that we already did this. No, we. Yeah, I made that same joke then too. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, right. I thought that we hired the Portland Timbers guy. Yeah, because we were like John Spencer. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. He's talent identification at the academy. So I imagine that's uh, bringing in players to the academy from outside systems, but we'll see. Well, there's also, um, I'll send in my resume. (laughs) The thing that was brought up, um, in the Slack today that I think is still not clear as far as like homegrown rules and like where our recruiting net is from. And I think it's been established for a while. The RSL's, homegrown like catchment area is utah and arizona yeah but there's a whole bunch of other teams that have a whole bunch of other catchment areas and there's a whole bunch of this country that is not underneath any team's catchment area including places like san diego yeah really yeah because the la teams have like why la county and orange county and like that's it because there's 20 million people in that space and utah and arizona has like seven why does no one have San Diego, though, that seems like... So it's a certain mile radius from their stadium, which is fun because then LA Galaxy and LAFC overlap quite a bit. Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, in those territories, my understanding, and I don't know everything, but my understanding was that um, there's, like, the mile radius rule, but there's also, like, a population rule. So, like, if you're in a high density, like, New York City or, like, a Houston where you've got millions and millions of people, your mile radius thing from the stadium yeah. isn't as big because then you still have a pool of 15 20 million people yeah within 15 miles of the stadium whereas right. rsl if you include the entire population of utah and arizona you're still at like 10 million people yeah and that's you know well, 200 miles oh no that's way more than 600 miles from the stadium so what is the but we, population these days but also we don't have idaho i think idaho yeah. is timberless yeah Timbers have so, it. But, anyway, the catchment area thing is really weird. And I think that's one of the things that's we're going to see. Hopefully, we can leverage a little bit more is get people that aren't in our catchment area, but also aren't in anybody else's area. Yeah. San, Diego, to seems the like, San Diego seems like the very obvious one. Yeah. yeah. And and that rule may go away sooner or later. Uh, yeah, I've, I'm sure. Because for five years that it's going away. So oh, knows? really? Okay. Yeah. So don't learn too much about it. Okay, I will. Yeah. I'm just going to erase everything I just heard. So great. Cool. Okay. I'll erase from the podcast too. I got to make room for other stuff. Like, I, I don't know. Gluten free, dairy free snacks. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. I got a lot of yeah. thoughts on that, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, absolutely. All right. Here's the big question of the episode. This is the one that's going to take us to an hour and a half. Okay. Can I, can I, I pose, have, can I, I pose one a question real quick before we do that? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Sorry. I, I, I looked it up, so I have to do this. Oh, pop quiz? Pop quiz. Uh, Rafael Arujo, first round draft pick. What pick was he? Four. Uh, 20, BYU. 25. No. Higher or lower? <laughs> Much higher. One. No. no. Was he was he a lottery pick? Was he in, was he was he inside ten? He was inside ten. Three. What? No Four? way. Was he, he was, was the he eighth overall pick in the 2004 NBA draft selected <sighs> by the Toronto Raptors? Who was the number one pick that year? Oh, that's a good question. He did play, or he was with the Jazz for two years. Oh my, that's right. People who remember that? Oh, I forgot about that. This will be fun. Um, yeah, number one pick was Dwight Howard. Okay, yeah. Um, the pick immediately before Arujo was Luol Deng. Oh, wow. Okay. The pick immediately following him was Andre Iguodala. Oh, that's a good pick. Huh. Uh, Al by, Jefferson was wait, 15th. Andre Iguodala by the 76ers? Was he drafted by the 76ers? He was drafted by the 76ers, yeah. Oh, man. I love Andre Iguodala. I wish he's like the type of player I wish the Jazz had. But The Jazz drafted uh, with the 14th pick, Chris Humphreys. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my i forgot remember when he was married to uh kim kardashian for like a like for like three a weeks yeah. yeah if that how did uh, then the know? jazz with the 21st pick pick a guy that i've honestly never heard of uh yeah. pavel pod pod Colson? oh my i don't know who that is either sounds russian with a name like pavel uh he is russian yeah i know wow. that that's, that's fascinating oh okay. cow okay so switching gears a little bit. I'm Sorry, uh, switching to the basketball. Um, so regarding uh, Daniel Henry, oh yeah, um, yeah, and Canadian players like this came up in Slack the other day about uh, international players mm-hmm. and Canadian. So the current how this currently works is for those uh, uninitiated, the MLS teams are only allowed a certain number of international players uh, on the roster. That's anyone outside of the United States for RSL. Um, we permanently traded away one of those roster slots to Colorado somehow, and that just hasn't been given back to us, despite like just insane. So we never originally will. traded away two. The other one was to Chivas USA. Oh, and we got oh. it because they folded. We got it back. I think we got that one back when they folded. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I didn't know we did too. Thing, the weird thing about that is that it was at the time it was not just like a normal international slot; it was like a young player international slot. That even though we traded away those young player ones, they later made those. Uh, every international slot was just an international slot, so that's why we traded away something of less value permanently that became a uh, much greater value. Wow! Yeah, that is so dumb. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, MLS, MLS has has that slot, and currently, Canadian players. If you're an American team in MLS, which is all but three teams. Uh, Canadian players count as an international player, even though there are three Canadian teams. Yep. Um, that's hilarious. And then one thing I was, I was trying to determine, I, I couldn't remember if, uh, how it worked for Canadian teams. And my understanding was both, uh, Americans and Canadians count as domestic players for Correct. Canadian teams. Yeah. Okay. So the international player thing, uh, sucks. Yeah, it's really dumb, but like, stupid. 
what do you guys think about i i just was like th- just thinking through like if they were to change it like a step in between what do you guys think about CONCACAF being all of CONCACAF is domestic let's do it like let's i just remove the rule entirely that's that's where i'm at like if you're gonna have the rule like why even i think what makes sense is that because you've got canadian teams that's yeah. canadian players canadian players should be domestic players throughout the league right sure mm-hmm. so and that's from like a player movement standpoint, like yeah. a labor standpoint. I think they should as a yeah. roster building standpoint. They also should too. It's really stupid <laughs> that you have that on yeah. both sides, but anyway, that's how it should be. But ultimately I think they should just scrap the international rule. Like For sure. at this point, make it a homegrown idea- rule. You need to have 10 homegrowns in your squad or something. Yeah. So doesn't <laughs> like England, like doesn't the premier league have something with English players? Yeah, you have to have a minimum number of players that are that trained in England before the age of twenty one. Okay. Uh, football manager is the only reason I know any of this. And it's just trained in England, but so that could mean that I mean that could still mean internationals from other countries oh, yeah, though. Definitely. Okay. And I know Italy's rule is regarding it's around uh the EU. So any person that has or any player that has an EU passport counts as like a domestic player and you can only have two non-eu players on your roster oh wow okay so anybody but that's why that's part of the reason why like americans for example like don't play in italy that much and when they do it's pretty significant because they take up a pretty massive roster spot so like weston mckinney playing at juventus is a much bigger deal than i think a lot of people give it credit for because he takes up one of those spots and uh busio at venezia right yeah, but Busio has an Italian passport, so he doesn't take oh. up one of those spots. That's how Venezia has, I think they've got three Americans on their team. Um, hmm. Busio has an Italian passport, so he doesn't count against that. Oh, yeah. They also have Tessman and who is the other guy? There's another guy. There's one other American kid, yeah. Jones. Yeah, also try buying a freaking Venezia kit. It's impossible. I just want one really bad. But- I did recently find, so this is tangentially related to best. I recently found the glory of uh, ordering things from like Japanese auction sites through an American company. Oh nice. yeah, and I've been looking a bunch of J League kits to to oh, buy. That's that's cool. Yeah, wait. So it's like an American company, meaning that it's it's like a proxy service. Yeah, yeah. I've actually, <laughs> it's it's really stupid. There's this there's this company that's called North Face Purple Label, and oh, it's yeah. not the North Face. It's oh. it's a Japanese company. It, it like is, but it's not the North face anyway, but they make their stuff in Japan. And I like, there's this, I used to really be into that brand. I have like a hat and a shirt, but like, and I it's, you can't, it, it legally can't be sold outside of, out of Japan because there's something weird with like, they acquired some type of licensing rights from like the original North face people to sell it. And like, it's not actually part of the North face anymore. It's just like this like label that's just called North face purple label. It, it's really weird. But anyway, you can only get it in Japan. So I used one of those to get stuff from them once. And uh, it's pretty nifty. Yeah. So actually. the company I worked for, for a long time chums uh, has a Japanese like sister company that make a bunch of like really cool oh, chums. Uh, winter, like not winter, but like, Outdoor accessory like clothing, yeah. stuff, and it's much cooler than. Uh, I mean, it's like Patagonia type stuff, or uh, yeah, the other one, the Utah one with the llama. 
Uh, my Cotopaxi. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Anyway, so nice. another weird situation like that. Yeah, it's 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 very odd. Yeah, that that seems like pretty pretty similar actually. Um, yeah. yeah, the North Face Purple Label is like it, it's like a fashion brand in Japan. It's really weird. It's so if you ever see and like the North Face doesn't make stuff with a purple label because of that. So like you won't ever see like a North Face like box logo with yeah. a purple box because of that. It's really it's very it's very interesting. But yeah. anyway, I don't know why I would like no one here would even. Like there's like probably 15 people <laughs> that know what that is. So like, it's like people would just think it's a regular North face thing. So I'm kind of dumb to pay the to premium. Be one of those 15 people now. Now you, now you two know. So if yeah. you ever see me wearing a purple North face shirt, it'll say North face, Berkeley, California in a yeah. purple little box. And you're like, Oh my goodness, that's that. And then it'll just be us, the three of us. I love it. That's great. All right, so here's the item that's going to make Trevor all mad. Well, real quick, I got to clarify one thing. Sorry, yeah. I like being right. Uh, Tanner Tesman yeah. and Gianluca, Gianluca Busio are on Venezia. The third player that I was thinking of came from MLS, but they're not American. It was Nani. Like not? Oh, you're right. Nani like just signed the Nani? for them. I Yeah, the Nani just signed for them. Yeah, like the Portuguese, the Portugal international player Nani yeah. is now on their team. Yeah, that's so right. Not, they don't have three Americans. They've got two Americans and then another guy that went there from MLS. Yeah, that's, that's what I was right. Thinking. Great, I love it. That's cool. Anyway, thing that's going to make me mad. Let's go. All right, is Real Salt Lake's roster better than it was last year? Absolutely not. So, so tell us, Trevor, why do you think that? Tell us it's, how you feel. This roster, so it's a bigger conversation than just like last year versus this year. It's the last several years. The roster consistently has just gotten worse and worse and worse. And we've expected the same thing, the playoffs, which shouldn't be the bar, but we've expected that every single year. And I think half the last five years, six years, we haven't made the playoffs and the roster just continues to get worse and worse. And we should not have made the playoffs last year, but we did. Good job. Go team. <laughs> Like the roster wasn't good enough to make the playoffs. And I think we saw that um, throughout the season. And the last two years, it seems like this team has started their construction by filling out spots with either Monarchs players or homegrowns. And I love that we're a homegrown factory. I love that we're signing homegrown players and like signing from the academy. And that's awesome. I think, I don't remember the numbers, but I think we're either first or second in the league in most homegrown signings which is cool, but also none of our homegrown, not none, that's not fair. Most of our homegrowns like don't amount to much of anything. Yeah. We've got like seven who have amounted to anything, right? Which I think what they've, what they've amounted to is like MLS level player, really good MLS level player. When you compare it to like Dallas, who has signed about as many players as we have, and they've sold over the last three seasons, like $30 million worth of transfer fees for those players. Yeah. And then you see Philadelphia who over the last two or three years has suddenly signed a bunch of homegrowns. And now they've sold about, I think it's about $10 million in transfer fees over the last couple of years. And that's going to rise as soon as Brandon Aronson signs for Leeds United. If that ever happens. Oh, yeah, like double or triple, right? Is he going to sign for Leeds? He's rumored to be going – Leeds really wants him, but nice. Salzburg doesn't want to sell him until the end of the season because they're in a good spot. But Leeds offered like 20 million pounds for him. And cool. Philadelphia has rumored up to a 20% sell-on. Sell-on fee, nice. Yeah. 
So they're going to make a lot of money if they end up selling him. Um, yeah, like, so cool that we're signing homegrowns, but if they're not like game changing homegrowns, if they're not phenomenal players, I, I mean, then it, like, it's cool, but also that's not what we should be filling our roster out with. We should right. be signing seven players every year that are all 17, 18, 19, or just fresh out of college and then aren't on the team in two years or We've three years. We've been signing homegrowns as a way to not spend money on, on other players is what yeah. we've been doing. Yeah, exactly. and hopefully that changes. And this maybe maybe this season is the start of that change. But. I think it hopefully is, yeah. I mean, yeah. I hope so. I, I think we've signed, I mean, how many goalkeepers do we have on the roster now and how many are homegrown? All yeah. of them except for Zach McMath. And I think we have four. Yeah. And then we've got right. one or two that a lot of people thought should be signed to the um, I know Fernando Delgado was one that a lot of people thought we were going to sign to a deal and I don't think we're going to, but he's another goalkeeper and he's like 15. So yeah, at some point we've got to either, we've got to start selling these players or moving them on somehow. Or playing and, them, right? If, the, if we have a team full of homegrown players that are good and playing minutes, like that's great, right? That's good. But if they're good players, like I said, like if you're barely making the playoffs with a team full of homegrowns, like you still should be doing better whether that's making better homegrowns or just signing players that are better than those homegrowns you've got to be a better team it's cool that we're signing homegrowns and it's cool that we've made so many pretty good players but if you're just signing a whole bunch of them and hoping that two or three of them stick out of the eight or nine that you sign every year like that's not a good roster building strategy it's not really a good development strategy that's certainly not what the club has touted that they've wanted to do for the last several years which is develop players to sell on we haven't sold hardly anybody i know we sold salcedo and then we sold Saverino, who isn't a homegrown but of the homegrowns that we've players we've developed that are homegrown i think we traded brooks lennon i think we sold um salcedo and i think we traded Corey baird we've got a million dollars in cash and about i think seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in allocation money over two or three seasons yeah like that's a really bad return yeah Yeah. and next salcedo thing is also funny because we kind of got forced into that one a little bit yeah that (laughs) yeah well we got forced into it because we weren't handling him properly according to him and his people that were advising him at the time his dad which, based yeah. on his trajectory, probably maybe a little I mean, unfair. It yeah. probably had a point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we our our roster is now full of homegrown players. Um, and if we go down the list, we've got Gavin Beavers, uh, Julio Benitez, Andrew Brody, Jeff Dusnup, Zach Farnsworth, Chris Garcia, and then we come to the first who's played actual minutes, Justin Glad. Um, but I named what six players before that. Yeah. Yes, we don't suspect any of them are going to play significant minutes this year, right? Not well, Andrew for Brody, Andrew Brody, sorry. Yeah, yeah uh, I I hope Chris Garcia sees minutes, but that's just because I really like the ten minutes that I saw him from him in preseason last year. Yeah, uh, Aaron Herrera, of course. Eric Holt, who uh, of course, uh, enough said. Um, Axel Kai, who uh, I didn't note before, is an international player as well, uh, born in the Ivory Coast. Uh. Christian Neidegger, who has not signed, but is uh, a preseason roster invitee. Uh, okay. Javier Orozco, uh, homegrown. Uh, Tate Schmidt, who we re-signed. I don't know why. 
uh, Yekasen Suba. Uh, again, another unsigned roster invite. How, how old is Tate Schmidt at this point? At 24. 20, 24, 25. We yeah, signed him out of college, so we signed him as like a 21, 22-year-old. Yeah. And then Jude Wellings is the last one. So it's a, a long list of players, but uh, they're not players that we expect will yeah. like play, right? Yeah, yeah. no, you hope not. And sure, we've produced seventy, you know, or thirty homegrown players over time, um, but you can count on two hands the number who have ten matches or more. You count on one hand the number who, you know, have reached thirty games yeah. in three years, right? I don't know. Yeah. So let's let's go back to the roster a little bit. Um, I'm curious, areas. So uh, coming into the season, we've pinpointed what the midfield is probably our weakest spot, right? Um, and I'm curious. <laughs> so mean, I'm worried about our attack now. <laughs> also, well, <laughs> it, it was last year too, but I mean, to be honest, the only section of the field that I'm like not worried about is goalkeeper and center backs. Yeah. Assuming that we play a regular old four-man back line. If we start playing a three-man, then the center backs become a worry again. Well, don't you know, it was just because of uh, injuries that we played a three-man oh, wait. back line. Did we no, talk? I thought it was did, just did because we explicitly make it, Yeah, did we say that Tony Dakovich is gone? No, sorry, he's gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know that... Wait, hang on. Tony Dakovich, remind me, he was a guy that was our much, our highly touted mid-season summer signing mm-hmm. that we signed to a pretty, two, like a two-year, two-year deal. And he was player. going he was going to be here for several years. We we really enjoyed we were lucky to get him and we just like let him go. Yeah. Terminated his contract in the offseason. Yeah. M- mutually, yeah. Mutually, both of us just decided that it wasn't a good idea. Yeah. He went back to the club we got him from, right? Yeah. Or a club yeah. That yeah, is I so mean, weird. Less, so he did he'd been on loan at Cartagena oh, uh, okay. from a Greek club, uh, and then came here from the Greek club. Uh, but there was there was very little time in between us. I see. Anyway, all that to say that when the team comes out and says we're building a roster and we're going to make a bunch of summer signings, and this team's going to get better in the summer, just remember Tony Dakovich. Yeah, and, and I'm, think I'm about not convinced by. Right? I'm not convinced by summer signings anymore. I don't trust this team to be like, oh, we'll turn it around with our summer signings because that hasn't worked for several years. You know Johnny who else Mendes is our big summer signing? Johnny Menendez and Bobby Wood. No, I guess he wasn't a summer signing, but no, he, was still, he just didn't play until the summer. Until su- yeah. So yeah. anyway, but yeah, Johnny Menendez is a summer signing. This team's roster building has been wildly suspect the last several years. It's been tough. Yeah. And like there's reasons lie. and I get it, but I don't hold a whole lot of faith in this team's ability to build a roster at this point. Yeah. We need evidence that it's going to be better. Right. And we yeah. can't just take vague hope that having a better owner will make us better. It, it doesn't yeah. really work that way, right? I think we're all surprised that we did as well as we did uh, under the last year of no owner. But like, yeah. that's that's not the the stick you measure by, right? No. So hopefully it's better than that, but uh, it's not saying much. So midfield, uh, we've got Scott Caldwell. Cool. And uh, we lost uh, Justin Portillo. So I, I so guess that's... Upgrade. That is an upgrade. Um, and in that way, I think we've got better depth there. Uh, but that's about it, is slightly better depth. Yeah, it basically, it just pushes Beasler down the depth chart a little bit. Hopefully. Which, 
fine. That's yeah. I'm fine with it. Yeah, and you need these signings in MLS, right? Um, yeah, but you also need players that are going to start, and you will will probably resign Everton Louise to play 15 games a year and be injured the other 18 or 19. Uh, yeah, which I'm, I guess I'm increasingly unexcited about. Um, I like Everton Louise, but but yeah, he's I like Everton. And, I don't know. I like Everton two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, he had a rough season last year. Yeah. It wasn't great. Uh well. Is there anywhere we've we've improved? Not really, right? No. Not, not yet. I, so, not so yet. The, the mantra is that it's early, right? Uh and there's lots of time to sign players before the season starts. I think the window closes in May. So there is Yeah, but the season season, season starts, starts in February. In two or three weeks. A month. Let's be <laughs> Yeah. season starts very soon yes it does and uh, so say we can still sign players till may like we're 10 games into the season at that point yeah and i i counted it out so by the time the summer window opens we'll have played 18 games so just yeah. over half the season um and you rarely get a player in right as the window opens right it's usually a couple weeks in yeah or a right as it closes in the case of some you know we'll have 10 games left and We'll say, well, they couldn't really make a contribution this year. Like, they weren't ready. MLS is hard. It takes time. I don't know. It's it's always a struggle for somebody coming into a new league, especially a league like MLS. (laughs) (laughs) But we'll get them next year. We'll have a full preseason next year. And And we get a full preseason under a new coach, too. So, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I guess that's the thing that I'm I'm really curious about is there's a lot of uncertainty around what we expect from ownership uh, in terms of like their, their level of tolerance for failure. Well, and that's exciting might not be the right word, but that's, what's so exciting about it is like, how quickly are they going to put their stamp on this club? Like, yeah. is it going to be something where they're like, let's just give it a year. Let's let these guys have this year before we start making major changes. And then the, do they make changes slowly or quickly? when they do decide to make changes. So like, that's what I'm waiting to see. And honestly, I'm not calling for anybody's job, but I know that it's got to be better in a lot of different ways. And building the roster um, is the first thing that like, we just must get better at. And if that's, if we don't have the right people for it, I hope the ownership is quick and recognizes that and puts the right people in place. You know what I mean? But like I said, I'm, I'm happy to give the people that are there now, Elliot and Tony and, and all of them, I trust that they can do it. And once they are given a proper budget and proper guidance and proper leeway, I'm sure that they're capable of it. I just need them to show that. And they haven't shown it yet. And it's very early. So like I said, like I'm not calling for anybody's job or anything like that, but it needs to improve. Yeah. So I, I guess the question for both of you is, uh, what will it take to make this roster competitive in your mind? Like what sorts of additions? We, you know, rumors are that we'll bring in a couple players. I mean, uh, in the, the next, you know, in in January, but we'll time is quickly running out on that. The easy answer is the one that's been the answer for the last five years, and that's a known fifteen goal scorer, fifteen goals a year goal scorer, yeah, at least. You know, yeah. and then a known. 10 to 15 assist guy. 
we need a guy that's that's a known commodity that's going to come in and is not going to have to figure it out and not have to get used to the team and the field and whatever. A guy that's just going to come in and you know is going to score 15 goals every year. Yeah. Like we haven't had that guy since Saborio and every other team that has a 15 goal scorer, even Saborio like wasn't for sure 15. I'm talking like the guy that is going to score between 15 and 25 goals a year. Like 15 is a bad year. We need that guy. and We've needed that guy for years. Every team that has that guy is one of the best teams in the league. And yeah. DP we, striker, DP attacking midfielder, DP defensive midfielder, TAM defenders. <laughs> That's my yeah. motto. That's a motto I've always been saying. So, so just, uh, what about Demir Kralik with the 16 goals? Is that not quite what you're looking for? Or is is it- he going to do that every single year, year in and year out? Well, he's a, a top five Real Salt Lake player of all time. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. like last year was he got 16 goals because we made him get 16 goals because the team has to score goals. And he was the guy that we made score goals. The whole yeah. plan was to get the ball to Demir and let him score. Like how many goals yeah. were like, <sighs> how many goals did Demir score that weren't like crosses from Aaron Herrera to Demir? Yeah, we've talked about a lot. That was the game plan last year. That was plan A and B. Regardless of the formation, I might add. Yeah. Uh, That was a and a Freddie thing. And don't get me wrong, like I love Demir, and that's great, but he's not the guy that you're gonna go, yeah, he's gonna score 16 goals a year. Carlos Vela is the guy that you should be expecting that from. Yeah. Exactly. Carlos Vela is the guy that's gonna score 15 goals a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the kind of player that we need. It's, it's almost like is going to score 15 goals a year. Yeah. Get that kind of player. It's almost like if you're relying on Demir for 15 goals a year, it's, it's almost a bad sign because it's, it's like playing with fire. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we literally lived through how you can't rely on it toward the end of the season there. Uh, in the, like, you know, miraculously pulled some things off there but like at the same time you know uh it should have been done weeks before (laughs) so yeah it's really weird like it it is it i love seeing demir demir is just like an incredible player and i love to see him score um but when i see the way we rely on him in the attack sometimes it doesn't feel like it's a great sign um but you know yeah, we, we want to complement the roster, not be the roster, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it is it, it uh, I I agree, Trevor. It's 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 not someone you want to be relying on for that many goals. Um if he can score that many, that's that's great. But like um if with his with just like the type of player he is, um yeah, it, like if if the, that, that service isn't there, if there's a team that you know is better at defending that kind of thing, we're kind of we got to have other options. And it very much felt like we didn't have any other options or answers last year, other than Anderson Julio off the bench. That was the only other thing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I cannot believe. <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> Weird yeah. year, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we we had between Krylik and Rusnak, we had twenty seven goals and a bunch of assists. Yeah, um, but we still placed seventh in the West, and we scraped in. 
Yeah. It's like, yeah. And like those are those were good things they did, uh, but they were like isolated. From, those are two midfielders, by the way. Like, yeah, performance is, of the team was bad. Yeah. If we can get 16 goals a year out of Demir, this is my response to the whole question. If we can get 16 goals out of Demir, imagine how much better we could be if we could get 16 goals out of Demir and we also got 20 goals out of like Chicharito, you know, not a player <laughs> yeah. like that. You know what I mean? If we got like, a 20 goals out of, say, like a Euromov Sissian like player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just, about the same level, right? Just yeah. somebody that is going to come in and score 15 to 20 goals. And then also you have Demir. And then also you have Rusnak. Yeah, you exactly. also have these players that can score goals. Exactly. Like that's what this team needs. Instead of like trying to force somebody to go above and beyond their normal expectations, just get a guy that's going to do that. And then it releases the pressure on everybody else and we get a much better team and a much better roster. Yeah. Imagine how much more dynamic your attack will be if like the other, the opposing team isn't just expecting a cross from Aaron Herrera. And even though they are expecting it sometimes that can still work, but like uh, it's even harder to defend when you have a dynamic striker who's uh, dangerous on, you know, independent of an Aaron Herrera cross, but yeah. Yeah. You, you want facets to your attack. Yeah, I felt very, we felt very one dimensional throughout a lot of the season last year, which was very tough to to watch. I mean, yeah, and it, and it's interesting, like I the, the goal drought that uh, Rubio Rubin had, who like we literally haven't mentioned so far on this entire podcast, was like incredibly stark. Like I like he went like twelve or so games without a goal. <clears throat> it he was, was injured, uh, though. that explains it all, right? Or do you yeah. just talk about how he was injured when they start getting criticism? I don't know. Yeah, that's I'm, I. I don't know. There, there. That was weird. I forgot about that. Yeah, but it, it's fun to you know talk about how players were injured after the season and no one knew and you know yeah they were playing through an injury the whole time. That explains a lot. Yeah, and who who knows? Like, I I think. I think we've seen what Bobby Wood can do at this stage in his career. I mean, he was another one where they were like, did they say he was injured or something or playing through injury also? Oh, yeah. he's he was injured all year. Well, other I meant other than the times when he was literally off the roster for being like injured or off like the game day roster. Yeah, he was, like, he was gaining fitness, right? And I yeah, think yeah, like, when he, when he <laughs> played, he was fit. And I'm doing that with fingers. He was fit when he played, but he was injured so much. And once he got injured, he had to get back into fitness. And like we just really babied him the whole way. And that was which, tough. Yeah, like cool, but that's not the you can't rely on that guy. That's a senior you, that, roster spot. That yeah, can't, yeah, you can't make that guy your big marquee signing and marquee player. I really like Bobby Wood and I and I really want him to be more but like if he can't stay healthy or if he gets an injury where he's out for a couple of weeks and then it takes another 2 months to rehab him back to f- what is supposedly full fitness it's like I don't know what that is on this team like I mean he scored 3 goals this year maybe 4 Something like that. Maybe he scored one or two like crucial goals. I mean, he scored the most important goal of the season, or I guess the second most tied. Yeah, it's. I mean, hard to. He scored the winner in a playoff series. Oh, it was three goals. Three goals. So he had the one against Colorado. He had the. He had like a header somewhere else, and then he had the winner against Kansas City. Yeah, let me pull up where he scored that other. I remember that because I watched all of RSL's goals this season, and I remember 
Like he had the good one against Colorado. It was the Yarbrough game where he. Austin was the other one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. God, that Austin game sucked, by the way. We beat them. So that yeah. for something. 1 0 at home against. They were so bad at that time, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I struggle with some of like those guys on this roster. Like, I don't know what Justin Miram is this next season. I don't know what Bobby Wood is this next season. Um, I don't know. And like, is Andrew Brody the starting left back still? Like, are we, are we doing that? Well, we've got a, a you know, 35 year old Edgar Castillo to add to the roster. So, uh, who I d- actually didn't realize if we play him and Aaron Herrera, uh, two of our four or five backline players will be from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Honestly, I think it's kind of it. cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm down. That's, that like sounds we good. We signed only players named John or something. I I'm, feel I'm like, totally in favor, to be clear. I feel like, wait, is Edgar Castillo left footed? Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, sorry, that's my instant reaction to him being a left back for most of his career. I would hope that he's left footed. Yeah. I hear but I have no you're idea. a lot better when you have a left footed center back, too. So um, hopefully we yeah. can bring in one of those two that's key <laughs> <sighs> all right the last item on the list Trevor do you want to read it out no Kyle no I know exactly what it is I'm not looking at it but I know what it is I think I think we can save it for next time all right uh hold on while we're talking then um do, do, do episode 78 <laughs> copy copy and paste hey. So there we All go. Right. Next time we will talk about another thing. We're going to talk about the thing that's on everyone's mind. We can we can tease it out. It's whether or not Demir Karlak has a certain place in a certain number in the top players of RSL history. And but look at the look at the time, guys. We've hit an hour and a half. Unfortunately, we're we over time, and so we, we can can't talk about it this, we this time. Yeah, that's a, it's a it's a damn shame. <laughs> we should do a roundtable discussion about that with like everybody from RSL Soapbox, all the RSL show guys, and literally anybody else who wants to. <laughs> so we should do <laughs> just have an open Zoom. Town Hall episode. We about host it. we host our own RSL Ward Town Hall. We should do- host Town Halls, and we should actually. That's this actually is, not a bad idea. I think it'd be fun, and we also get- to make to create minutes for each one and an agenda and <laughs> follow like open documents laws. Yeah. That's what, that's the part that you're most excited about I'm is so that we could have an agenda. Procedural. Yeah. Uh, Does anyone want to volunteer to take minutes for the first one? That would be pretty funny. I would love that. I feel like there's someone in the RSL ward who would love to take minutes. Oh, that's true. I probably would enjoy it actually. You would, I think. Yeah. yeah. Do love. Procedures. Oh, before we forget, yeah. I got an answer from my friend that I asked the question to. <laughs> what yeah. was the question? I forgot. <laughs> it, was it was about, about sketch artists. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's um, the deal? They are not employed or paid by the courts. Right. Oh. Um, I get, I'm going to quote here. I guess a big enough paper or TV could employ one, but my guess is it's all freelance work. I've never seen one in a Utah court. Oh, interesting. Kind yeah, it's usually that. federal court, right? I think that's I think what... So. Yeah, shout out to Turanon for not misleading me on that. Yeah, they're not paid by the court. They're just, they're hoping somebody just buys their drawings pretty much. And it's like a news outlet. Like the originals? I think so. I think it's like literally just right out of their notebook. That sounds great. Well, they probably like, I mean, I imagine it's very similar to photographers. They probably just like license the image. 
Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That's we should sign good. up for one of those wire services. Don't we? Yeah. Don't we have one? I thought. Well, not through for soapbox. Not, you got Getty. Yeah, not through for like court drawings. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Sorry, that's what we need. Does Getty not do court drawings? <laughs> that's a good question, and I'll uh, I'll take your question we'll, off air. We'll have an answer for you next time <laughs> oh, on, off the crossbar. Uh, court drawings in Getty. <laughs> and uh, on that note, um, I guess it's time to bid you all adieu. Good starting word. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. Okay. Well, we're almost done with January. It's been it's been a month. And if we sign uh, a bunch of players, maybe we'll uh, podcast early. But um, that I'm sounds not, good. Not if not, on. probably not until like the start of the season. Yeah. I Later mean, on, if maybe let's okay. If they broadcast or stream a preseason game. Oh yeah, we'll talk. Should we do one after right? that? Yeah, yeah, of course. This okay. is this is important time that we spend with each other. That's right. <laughs> and you know, I wouldn't wouldn't go without it. Hopefully. Hopefully uh, Omicron is chilled out and we can go to games in the near future, too. That would be That'd nice. That'd be cool. It would be very nice. That'd be cool. All right. Well, good night, guys. Bye, everyone. Good night.